0: Hello everyone, this is Michelle McKenzie and welcome to the WTF Podcast, where we demystify entrepreneurship and the fog around funding. My guest is Lindsay Sims, a marketing maven and the founder and CEO of 30 Day Funnels. She focuses her efforts on providing small business owners of diverse backgrounds with no gimmick, no fast strategies to leveraging their digital marketing so they can step away from the overwhelm and get back to what they actually love. In this episode, we'll discuss some misconceptions that entrepreneurs have about marketing and how to market to success, the top five marketing mistakes that small business owners make and what they can do immediately to avoid making those mistakes, three cost-effective marketing strategies that entrepreneurs with small marketing budgets should invest in with their limited ad dollars. That's an important piece. And some helpful marketing tools or apps that help entrepreneurs overcome the overwhelm of marketing. Lindsay, welcome to the WTF Podcast.
1: Thank you so much. I am excited to be here.
0: And I'm excited to have you. Podcast episodes that I do with marketers tend to go well with my audience because Marketing is not easy. And it's something that I'm also quite challenged with myself. So I also enjoy (laughs) speaking with marketing uh, professionals so that I can get some tips myself. So also beneficial to me. So there's a little bit of you know personal there. So let's get into the conversation. Tell me about your entrepreneurship story and what it can teach other entrepreneurs about leveling the technology playing field to get a leg up in marketing. And I'm also keenly listening to this myself.
1: (laughs) So, okay. My journey is, um, I think, rather interesting. And one of the reasons why I'm excited to be on your podcast is because it includes um, a a kickstart with a funding um, organization that I will not name. Uh, And (laughs) so... I started doing marketing because I was getting a PhD in political science, which I do not have because I stopped doing that Mm -hmm. uh, because I started a business. But uh, I was getting a PhD and I did not want to focus on my dissertation. That should have been like my number one sign that I shouldn't have been doing it. Red flag. Um, Yeah, red flag. I didn't want to do the dissertation. I was like, let me do something else. And so I got a job as an AmeriCorps VISTA, which is this program where you like work with nonprofits locally to your area and you help them with whatever they need. And the needs that the organizations that I kept getting matched with, um, their needs were always marketing and communications more than anything. And I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with using my words and with helping people who didn't understand the tools to understand the tools. And that was part of why I was in graduate school in the first place is I wanted to be an educator more than I wanted to be a researcher. Um, And so I got a chance to educate people and it just kind of transitioned um, both quickly and gradually, if that makes sense, uh, into me having my own business and doing it for a living. And the reason why I say it starts with funding is because I... Um, I don't know what the impetus was. I guess I was going to some event at a local community college and someone mentioned that there's this new and cool um, fund seed fund for startups happening in Cleveland, which is where I am. Mm -hmm. And you just need to apply and there's like a competition aspect. And very unfortunately, I am a highly competitive person. And so all I needed was that little, there's a competition. And then I was like, let's do it because I want to win. <laughs> so I actually went into the competition and I got the funding. Like I won the, there's like three stages and i won the first and second stages and then the third stage was kind of weird because it wasn't a true competition it was more like a popularity contest and i'm really bad at those so <laughs> so i got the funding but i didn't get the support and so what ended up happening is that i kind of navigated my way from that point to this one on my own using lots of bootleg strategies and and all the things a lot of entrepreneurs do to kind of get themselves uh into a sustainable business.
0: So I'm glad you started with that story and that it included aspects of funding and the fact that you didn't get the support. And those two things go hand in hand because getting the funding without the support, while it does enable you to move forward, it doesn't enable you to move forward as quickly or as strategically without the support.
1: That's it. It is so important. Like I mean, I've listened to many episodes of your podcast. And I think one of the things that resonates with me is, you know, without support, sometimes the money is significantly less important or not important at all. Like the amount of money we got wasn't, it was negligible. It was a drop in the bucket. But it was the promise of all this assistance that I was really aiming myself at. And unfortunately the program, by the time you get to the assistance level of that program, it really was a popularity contest. And, and I just wasn't that popular at the time. Like my business model that I was trying to do wasn't sexy enough for everyone. And cause they were all going after the um, Silicon Valley version of, of sort of business and high yeah.
0: growth types of businesses. Yeah.
1: Yes. And they kept using this term that I didn't understand at the time lifestyle. They were like, but you're a lifestyle business. And I was like, I don't, A, that you're saying those words, like it's bad. And I, and I don't understand, I don't understand what that means. Like, why would being a lifestyle business be bad? Like I want my lifestyle to be awesome. So like, yes, (laughs) but they didn't also, the funny part was that they didn't also explain what that meant. They just kept using the term almost in a pejorative way, but didn't, clarify that if you want to do the thing we want, then you need to go in this other direction. It was a very kind of interesting and unfortunate experience. Yeah.
0: This is a sidebar conversation, but I was having a discussion yesterday with someone I'll be participating in her conference. It's called Eclectic. And it's really having these sort of off the record conversations about entrepreneurship and also, you know, some of the 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 lowlights, because everyone wants to laud and celebrate and talk about the highlights, but mm-hmm. not so much the lowlights and the lex the less sexy side of it. And one of the things that she said was oftentimes funders or investors, people on the other side, they start putting people in a box. And if you're not this thing, then you're something else. And so mm-hmm. I guess that lifestyle categorization is something that they'd come up with for businesses like yours. And if you're not what they're looking for, oh, you're two lifestyles, so we just can't deal with you. And yep. so you just get sort of casually dismissed and not get the support that you need. But you recognize that as an opportunity, mm-hmm. especially as it comes to marketing, because yes. there are lots of people who have great ideas, Or they're good at doing the actual thing, whether it's a product or a service. But when it comes to marketing, and I fall in that category myself, so I'm speaking for myself as well, they fall down on the job. And that's where, because there's no point to having a great idea, a great product or service if no one knows about it. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the, and then also I like that you talk about no gimmick, no fat strategies.
1: Mm because.
0: Oftentimes, a lot of people get taken by people who are pushing just that. Yes. How do you recognize the difference? And what are some of the misconceptions that entrepreneurs have about marketing and how to achieve marketing success without the gimmicks and without the fads?
1: Oh, there's, uh, the, the question that you just asked has so many facets to it. I would say one of the biggest misconceptions, and it's also kind of the answer to how to do it. Um, one of the biz- biggest mis- misconceptions is that it's going to be fast. And, um, I will have people who come to me and they, I'm um, kind of like a two-sided coin of reality. They'll say, oh, I want to get started working with you, but I want to make sure that my business is perfect first because I know that once we start working on this, it's going to take off. So they have that whole, everything is going to happen so fast once I start marketing my business. That's side one. And then side two is I've been in business for a while and I haven't been marketing. And I know that as soon as I start marketing, I'm going to take off (laughs) So one of them is I hasn't, haven't started yet. And the other one is I haven't, I've been in business and doing stuff, but I know if I just did the marketing, the problem is the word fast. And so how you can tell pretty easily that something is a gimmick is the time in which they guarantee results. Because the truth of the matter is with marketing, there are no guaranteed outcomes, period. There is, if anyone tries to guarantee you a marketing outcome, they are lying. <laughs> hold up, hold
0: up, hold up, hold up. But there's so many people on my social media feed and in all different sorts of media who are guaranteeing me that if I do this, I will get that result. So are they lying to me? Yes. Are they lying to us?
1: Yes. And they're and maybe they're not intentionally lying. I think that they think they're doing marketing. And I don't believe that, like I'm a big fan of Seth Godin and he has so a book is called
0: marketing, not lying.
1: That's what I was about to say. He has a book called All Marketers Are Liars, and but the real name of the book is All Marketers Are Storytellers. And I think that a lot of people get confused between telling a story and lying. And I would say like, the name of my core business is Predictable Results Marketing. You can get results. You can get predictable results. But what I can't tell you is what that initial timeframe is to get that initial result and exactly what's going to work to make that happen. Because people are people. At the end of the day, the humans that are a part of your audience are going to do whatever they are going to do. We need to be responsive to them. We can't pretend like we're marketing in a vacuum. And so if I say, you know, if you just did, and I see people say this all the time, if you do one reel a day for the next 30 days, you'll get 200,000 followers <laughs> or whatever. And what they are what they say is, because they know that that's not true, what they'll say is, it got me, I got 20,000 followers from doing one reel a day. Without Hold up, of When course, you
0: fail, then you put the failure on yourself. You're like, well, maybe I didn't do it well. I,
1: exactly. I didn't execute well. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so it's a way for people to kind of, I don't know, it's misleading more than it is lying. And often also, you know, how you can tell, is, and this is, a, this is really bad, but I'm going to say it, Michelle. How you can it. tell <laughs> How you can tell it's a gimmick or a fad is when the person who's telling it to you only has experience doing that one thing. So again, if it's Reels or TikToks and they have zero other marketing experience and they've only ever done Reels or TikToks and they're gonna try to tell you how to get the success that they got, red flag, like massive red flag, mostly because they probably don't actually know why they got the results that they got. But I can see how
0: it could be very enticing for someone Mm -hmm. who's looking to grow their audience or their reach falling for that because Reels and TikTok are very popular. Yes. There are lots of people who've become quite successful at it. So Mm -hmm. why would I not think that I would have a similar result to those persons Mm -hmm. by following their strategies?
1: Ah, such a such a good point. And so let's talk about mining for gold, just because let's, let's, let's talk about gold mining back in the extra olden days during the gold rush, there was this concept that all you had to do was take yourself and your hat over to Utah, California, wherever the gold was, and just shake, shake, shake. And you was going to be rich. Like everyone had that mindset at the time, because there were so many people Or during the oil rush when it was like, all you got to do is go to Texas and start drilling holes. That's what I did. And it worked for me. And now we have the
0: social media rush.
1: And that's exactly what we're in right now. We're in a moment where every platform, as soon as a new, new application inside of a platform or a new version of reality inside of a platform opens up, there's almost like a gold rush where if you do that thing... There's literally no guarantee of success, but there are a portion of people who are going to get an overnight success from doing those things. But it's not because what they're doing is any more valuable than what you're doing. It's because they were standing in the right spot at the right time, literally just like as if they were digging for gold or oil or anything else. It's a fluke. And so (laughs) it's not usually replicable. And so when people start doing that social media rush mindset when they have a real business, I'm like, but you have a real you have gold in your hands. Let's work on that. Let's turn your gold into watches and sell those. Like instead of trying to drop the thing that you're doing and go mine gold somewhere else, like focus on the thing that you actually have that works already and and do that better.
0: But it's really easy to get distracted though and I can see why that happens. So what are the misconceptions that they have? Of, um, so what are the mistakes that they're making, entrepreneurs are making, that they can immediately start to avoid? Like, what can they do to avoid those?
1: Uh, okay, so using that gold mining example again, or the oil mining example, the biggest mistake is the same mistake the people who did in the rush made, which is if they're going to participate. Don't participate for 10 days and then say that didn't work and then move on. Because as I mentioned earlier, fast is never the answer. So if you're going to go all in on TikTok, go all in on TikTok for as long as it takes to be successful instead of assuming that I'm going to do that like a 30 days. And with my business being called 30-day funnels, I'm sure people are going to be like, but you're saying we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> but No, go all in, like make it, make it a long-term commitment, even if it doesn't take you a long term to get there. Because if you just pan or dig and work for a little bit on it, you could very easily have just missed your hit because you stopped doing the thing. Like you stopped being consistent at doing the thing. So it's not that TikToks don't work or Reels don't work. They absolutely do. But for most like small business owners, what we do is that because we do have a real job that we do every day, that's not TikTok. We're not influencers. We're not kids in college and all that. We have a thing. So we focus on this TikTok thing for a very short period of time because it's the only tiny amount of time I have to dedicate to it. And then when it doesn't hit immediately, they're like, well, that doesn't work. And then they do the same thing with every platform like, "Oh, I had I did 5 YouTube videos and I got 100 views total." Or I did, you know, and they and they act as if that is you like you did a whole thing. No, you started a thing and then you quit <laughs> after it didn't take off in 5 seconds. And So
0: mistake number 1 is don't expect overnight results and remain consistent.
1: Not. Yes. So number 1, number 2. Don't expect overnight results. Yeah. I would say number 2 is don't not the don't expect overnight results is number one. And then number two is consistency, consistency, consistency. Because if you are let's even with the TikTok thing, you can do one reel today and then never and not come back for another two weeks and do that for a year. And that's not exactly what you should be doing on TikTok. TikTok requires almost daily participation.
0: Doesn't that lead to burnout though, especially when you have yes. other things to do?
1: This is why I don't suggest people do it because it does lead to burnout when you have a real job. But if you're going to do it, if that's where you want to put your effort and your time and your energy, put it in there. Be consistent, because if you go to any platform and you don't, well, rule number three, if you don't respect what that platform needs or wants from you, then you will not be successful. It doesn't matter whether you put one toe in the water or not, with every platform, you can't go one toe in. You have to kind of walk all the way into the water because if you don't, you're not going to be successful.
0: So let's recap so far. No, it's not an overnight, no overnight success. Number two, be consistent. Mm -hmm. And number three,
1: respect Respect. what
0: the platform needs.
1: Yes, respect what the platform needs and wants because if you don't do that, It doesn't like if you go on TikTok and you do completely like no face videos where no one ever sees you or sees anything interesting, they're not going to watch your videos because that's not what the platform is for. Mm -hmm. The platform is meant for people to be entertained, not even educated. So people who are doing really good educational videos on TikTok are doing it in entertaining ways.
0: So it's edutainment.
1: It's it's, at anything, it's edutainment, but it's 100% entertainment.
0: Mm. What's number four?
1: Oh, there's, there's so many. Um, I would say the, the other, the number four would probably be mindset. And what I mean by mindset is, um, one of my favorite quotes from a movie is that you can't practice magic while looking down your nose at it, meaning, You cannot be on TikTok and hate everything about TikTok and hate everyone on TikTok and think that TikTok is dumb (laughs) and think you're going to be successful (laughs) at TikTok. (laughs) So it's pretty much how it works. You can't be like, oh my God, I hate Facebook. And then like, but I'm going to try to grow my business on Facebook. You You got to fix your head first. Yeah.
0: Makes sense. And number five.
1: Uh, Okay. Number five is the, the one that I think, is going to answer a lot of questions for people, which is don't try to do this alone. So whatever you're doing for your marketing, whether you hire someone or any, get an accountability buddy, have a friend who's doing it with you, find a business, you know, associate who you can, you guys can drive each other to do that TikTok a day or whatever the thing is, because as we mentioned earlier, you have a business, you're doing something every day that is not TikTok and that thing pays you money. And so what we need to do if we're going to try a new marketing strategy that's that heavy, that's going to require that much energy, you need someone to help you along the way.
0: Alone. And that's the thing that a lot of people who are the voyeurs, they're on the entertainment side, they're looking and they see people doing all these things and they're like, oh, they're showing up every day. They're doing, they have all of this content. I'm like, they're not doing it on their own. They usually have a team of people who are helping them to come up with this content. And we're also oftentimes judging ourselves unfairly because we're Mm -hmm. comparing apples Mm -hmm. and oranges and you're just never going to win in that comparison. But oftentimes we don't know that we're comparing unlike things because we don't realize that that person is not being effortless in this. Like there's a whole structure and a whole strategy and a whole team. Mm Mm-hmm that's showing up to do that thing that seems so effortless.
1: So, so true. And I try to demystify that as often as I can because I think even with a platform like TikTok, people are like, oh, but it's so easy. You just set up your phone and fill in the blank. And I'm like, it's easy if you're not doing it on purpose. If you're just doing it to be fun and funny, sure, it's easy because it has, there's zero stakes. It doesn't matter whether you get it right or if the editing is bad. None of that matters if you're just doing it for fun. But if you're doing it for a living, like you're doing it because you're trying to sell products or services, it isn't necessarily going to be fun. It shouldn't be the worst thing. It shouldn't be drudge like drudgery. But trying to do all that work on your own is going to be very, very hard. And most people who are doing it for business honestly are not doing it all by themselves.
0: So just a reminder, I'm speaking with Lindsay Sims, an entrepreneur, educator, and coach with a knack for reducing entrepreneurial noise and increasing the digital literacy of small business owners. So Lindsay, for many entrepreneurs, especially those who are bootstrapping on a shoestring budget, what are the three most effective marketing strategies that they should invest in with their limited ad dollars?
1: Hmm. Okay, so I would say if if we wanna talk about investing with ad dollars, especially because I'm a huge fan of advertising, um, but I tell everyone, I want you to keep as much of your money in your pocket as possible, <laughs> so i don 't care how much money you have. Always limit your ad budget period. So the number one strategy I would suggest for making ads useful and it seems
0: and- a little contrary coming from someone who's in marketing. I would think that you'd be saying, no, Koalin. you need to invest. You need to put money into this thing if you're trying to make it grow. And here you are saying, no, not so fast.
1: Go on. I'm interested in, in,
0: in hearing where you're going with this.
1: You said the exact words. It's not, no, it's not so fast. So the number one strategy is don't advertise anything that's not already working. So a lot of people will try to use throw money at something that no one is watching, no one's seeing, hearing, no one liked it. They're like, oh, that post didn't get any likes, so I'm going to boost it. No, boost the post that did get likes. Promote the video that did get views. Promote the TikTok that is the most popular TikTok you have. I think that there's a really big misconception with with advertising that You're supposed to advertise towards the things that people haven't seen. And the truth is, the things that people haven't seen, especially because we live in an algorithm-based world, it's likely because no one wants to see it. Like, it's not that good. Like, people don't like it. And that would be my number two advertising little strategy there is don't be precious.
0: (laughs) Before I get to the don't be precious part, I want to pivot back to... Yes the thing that people haven't seen it, is it really because they don't want it or it's because of the algorithms? Because these algorithms are crazy. Sometimes you're trying to figure out, well, what happened yesterday? People were reacting to my content Mm -hmm. and today it's crickets out here. So how do you really know whether or not it's the algorithm that's doing something squirrely or whether or not no one really wants to see that piece of content from
1: you? Uh, that is a fantastic question. And the, the answer is yes and. It's literally both. And I say that because I am not a marketer who hates algorithms. I think algorithms are fantastic because an algorithm gives you what you need to know in order for you to be successful. And that's the part that most marketers, most business owners don't get. We think the algorithm is holding us back. And I say the algorithm just wants you to be great because the truth of the matter is every algorithm was created to give people more of what they want. The algorithm is not against you. If your thing falls off, it's because people don't want to see it anymore. It's not because the algorithm is like, we don't like you algorithm doesn't know who you are. And so it's not like it's 100%. So it doesn't
0: work. have a personal vendetta against me. It's just not with me today.
1: Okay. It's not about you. And everyone thinks- That I, gives I, me I, a little
0: bit of comfort. I'm like, well, it's not me and my content. It's, it's just the algorithm.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm going to relieve you of that comfort because everyone <laughs> wants to be like, oh, the algorithm messed me up. And like the algorithm didn't mess you up people's ideas changed. People's desires change. And what the algorithm, rather every algorithm is following the audience. It's literally, it's just following the audience. So you might get a lagging result, which means like your posts for five days from the last five days might still be getting a lot of views, but technically like seven days ago, the trend started changing. And so by the seventh next day, no one's looking at your stuff anymore because the algorithm has already shifted towards what the, the, the trend was from seven days ago. And you're just seeing it right now and going, wait, what happened? It's because the most popular sound changed, the the most popular way of producing that outcome changed, the most po- whatever the thing is, the audience is a moving target. The algorithm isn't a moving target. The audience is a moving target. And what we often do is get lazy. <laughs> so we want to just keep doing the same thing over and over again. And the audience doesn't like that. They want you to do new stuff. And so you just have to learn to pivot when the audience stops caring about this thing and wants you to do something else, find the something else and start doing that.
0: So this is where it gets challenging for the low energy introverted person that I am, right? And I'm like, you want me to just keep performing? Like, is this a circus? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, have time for that. And I'm sure there are other people who feel the same way that yes. I do. For people who have that mindset, and maybe I just need to change my mindset. You did say that number four was mindset. <laughs> yes. how, who, who's got time for that? And then how the algorithms work is specific to each Platform, because it's not yeah. one algorithm for all the platforms. It's several different. Each one has their own, and they perform in different ways based on who's on them and why yes. they're there.
1: Yes. So you you hit the nail, and you answered your own question. So the the answer isn't really, do I need to perform? The answer to that is yes. Whatever platform you're on, you're always performing. The question is, or the real question is, which platform should I be on? so that I can focus most on my audience so that it never feels like I'm performing. So if you feel like you're in performance mode constantly, you're probably not on the right platform. Like you're, you're working real hard for that customer, you're probably not on the right platform. Because if you're working really hard to maintain the eyeballs of some person, it's like relationship 101. If you got to work that hard to keep that person, you probably should let them go because you're going to work yourself into the ground.
0: He's just <laughs> not that
1: into you. It's just not that into you. And so the audience is just not that into you, maybe on that platform. There's very fortunately like 12 of them. Choose another one. Like there is, you can move on to the next one. Every single one of them has advertising, which is the reason why none of my advice is going to be, well, start with Facebook. No, because your audience might not be on Facebook. They might not be on Twitter. Your audience might be on TikTok, which means that you're going to have to figure that out or they may not be on TikTok at all. And then TikTok ends up being an enormous waste of your energy and makes you feel drained every single day. How does
0: one avoid the pressure of feeling as if they have to be everywhere? Because it's distracting. It is. It's distracting. It's exhausting. I think
1: it's exhausting. It's distracting. Um, one of my uh, things that I like to remind every business owner who I work with is uh, you're not an influencer. So stop with that nonsense. A lot of us feel like, oh, well, I have to do this. I have to do that because we're following influencer advice and mindset. Like we, we, instead of having a business owner mindset about social media, we have influencer mindset about social media. And I'm like, this but is, you're not this is interesting,
0: Lindsay. Let's, let's unpack this a little bit more. <laughs> it seems like, and, and you, you mentioned a bit, that a lot of the advice that's been given is, okay, you have to get to this number of followers and and don't start doing this until you've hit that number of... But if you're not building an influencer-based business, then that might not be relevant for you. So a lot of people just end up getting mismatched advice for what they're trying to achieve for their business versus how certain platforms work or the confusion Mm -hmm. between this influencer... Business versus yep. your business, which is not
1: that. Absolutely.
0: And how do you avoid the pressure of, mm, let me see if I can phrase this properly, not tying your marketing, social, let's specifically say social media marketing success to the number of followers that you have? Mm-hmm if you're not an influencer.
1: If you're not an influencer. I think the the term vanity metrics is one of my favorite terms because it's not that you shouldn't count vanity metrics. You should count all of your metrics. But I think the idea of fans and followers as a metric that we as business owners should be aiming ourselves at is always 100% vanity. Now that doesn't mean that we can't be a little vain sometimes. Like I do put on eyebrows before I go places where people are going to take pictures of me because I have a little bit of vanity. And so like, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of vanity, but you got to keep that in check to the point where like, if Oprah calls you up and you ain't got your eyebrows on yet, you better go talk to Oprah. Don't be playing around with me. Like you can't miss your opportunity because of vanity. And I think often with small business owners, we get confused. We think that the opportunity is in than the vanity metrics. That's not accurate. There isn't a there isn't a number of fans that you get to where it's like now I'm going to be successful. I have clients or I've had clients in the past who had maybe a total across all platforms of like 1000, 1500 fans and were converting those people into buyers like crazy because they didn't it wasn't about the number of fans. It was about the conversions of the fans that they had and getting the right people on the bus. So Is that's that a, a great
0: next question, right?
1: The buses. Yeah.
0: The yeah. conversion, because there are people who have a large follower base or a fan base, but they don't engage. They're not customers. And there's mm-hmm. a big difference between followers or fans and customers because they're not 100. converting. They're not buying into what you're selling. But there's also this marketing model, this business model that's based on creating a community. And then mm-hmm. you market to that community. And I guess that's hinged on knowing who's in your community and what they're there for and then providing them with things that they do need so yes. that you convert them to customers. It, yeah. it, it seems like it can be quite difficult to try and and figure out where you stand based on yeah. the type of business that you have.
1: I think that that right there is a mis- kind of a, of a misunderstanding of How the whole process works because it doesn't matter whether you're selling shoes or if you're selling, you know, hundred thousand dollar an hour coaching. The strategy is the same across the board. the The truth of the matter is the reason why we get distracted so easily is because we don't have a strategy in the first place. And part of what I focus my attention on for everything that I do, I have like nineteen jobs, and every single one of my jobs that I work with people on is helping them focus on strategy first. Because if you're focused on the strategy, it makes it easier to ignore the vanity metrics because you know what what you're actually supposed to be looking at. It also makes it easier to convert people because you can ignore the people who aren't paying attention to you. Often we get distracted. Oh my, I heard this analogy like maybe yesterday where you're throwing a dinner party. Social media is like, I'm throwing a dinner party and I ignore all the people who are sitting at the table in order to go try to get people off the street to come into my house. And I think that's often what we do. We are like we have this core group of people who basically pay attention to everything that we do. And we're like, oh, we take those people completely for granted. Like, oh that's just I have people say to me, Oh, well, that's just uh, Nicole. She likes all of my posts. And I'm like, Why yeah, you ignore she her? Likes all of your posts. <laughs> Show Nicole some love. She's showing you love. Stop ignoring Nicole. <laughs> Like, like call Nicole's name out in the next video you know, because she will love that and share it with all of her friends. Like we tend to ignore the individual humans who we actually do have engagement with. And as a small business owner, that's literally where your bread and butter is. And that's, again, whether you have a small business where you're doing e-commerce or a small business where you're doing anything else. That customer I was talking about with the, you know, thousand fans across multiple platforms, like not thousand on each, but total, they sold products that were like $4 each. It's not like they were selling $100 products and were making huge conversions. They were making good conversions on small things. And a lot of people have problems with that small product. They're like, I can't get anyone to buy my widget. And I'm like, it's because you're not talking to the people who are paying attention to you. You're so busy trying to get the attention of the people who don't care about you at all. And so your focus needs to be like avert it back to or divert it back to the people who actually are paying attention to you and work on growing those relationships. And when you do, those people will tell people about you and your audience will grow. Because that's that, what you really want. You that's want your still audience. The works to grow. of the
0: strategy. Yes, people it's who, strategy. People who know you, like you, trust you will tell other people about well, you.
1: Yes, they so will.
0: As we start to wrap up, Lindsay, what are five marketing programs, tools, or apps that you recommend entrepreneurs to use to help them to overcome the overwhelm?
1: So five tools or apps. So the, the first tool is going to be a category, and that is scheduling software. Um, I yeah. highly, highly suggest that all marketer, all business owners and marketers, but all business owners use some sort of scheduling software. I don't care who you heard tell you in the past that scheduling software ruins your numbers, we remember we're not out here trying to play the influencer numbers game. So the more important thing is that you're consistent, and a social media posting software will help you be consistent. Do
0: you have any recommendations for a scheduling software? It'll
1: depend a lot on like what your what your level of commitment is. Um, I love Later for a lot of people because it later is very heavily focused on Instagram, and Instagram tends to be neutral, meaning it's a decent platform for everybody um and and then you can also use later to publish to facebook and linkedin and all those other places um buffer is probably my next favorite and then from there i love any software that is going to let you repurpose your own content because that would be number two is repurposing content so the first category is something to schedule and then the second category is something to help you reuse the one that we use for in our company for reusing people for reusing content in a really smart way is this comp- is social media posting software called Missing Letter. Um, yeah, Missing Letter. It's very specific. It's not the only one that does it. Um, I think Meet Edgar is another one that helps people to reuse their own content, but Missing Letter does it differently. in that it literally takes a blog post or YouTube video or podcast that you created, and it will give you um it it'll help you write 15 different posts about that podcast and then schedule them out over the next 4 months.
0: Okay, I feel like this might be the one that I need to be on. Yes, it's the one that of
1: them- Anyone doing a podcast, I think Missing letters like your jam. It should be because it's so, and it's, and it's very affordable, but it helps you to like, I have my one thing that I did and I can reuse that one thing across my social media. You can put different images on it. You can use different quotes from it. It's really, really useful. So Missing letters is probably like a huge one, but anything that's going to help you to repurpose your own content is number two. Um, number three is I'm a digital marketer. So any email marketing software that you can tolerate, please use email marketing software because I think often, as business owners, we get caught up on social media, and the truth of the matter is, if we're not growing an email list, it doesn't matter whether you have a Facebook community of four thousand people. If you don't have any of their emails, you don't have anything. Like you, <laughs> no
0: community. So email at all. marketing is not dead. It's very no, much it alive and kicking.
1: Not dead at all. And so, using some sort of email marketing software, I personally am a fan of Mailchimp, um, and. I know other people like hate MailChimp. I think MailChimp is so easy to use once you get the hang of it. Occasionally it's a little hard to start, but it's, it's got everything that you can need now. It's got landing pages and automations and all that stuff. So M- MailChimp is probably great. Um, four? Four. so we are now? hmm I would say as far as apps, my next fave is Canva um, because Canva should be everybody's jam, especially now that Canva lets you edit video like a real video editing software. I love that. So it used to be that with Canva, if you wanted to edit a video, you had to do 85 hoops to jump through. Now you can edit video in Canva like you were editing it in a Premiere Pro. Like it's very like pretty granular changes that you can make. You can put filters on, you can add little pops to the screen. It's great. So and video is like, unfortunately for some people, video is where it's at. (laughs) So like video, anything is going to make video editing easier. And Canva does that. Um, And then
0: number five.
1: Number five is also a very specific software that we use and it's called Descript. Descript. Now I love Descript for all of us who don't love being on video because Descript will take your words and turn them into videos in a very like cool and useful format. Now, Descript is used a lot by podcasters. So this is another one that's good for you. Thank you, Lindsay. No, no problem. I use it, though, for video. So I do a lot of live video content. And I also do a lot of workshops and things for other people. And when I'm on someone else's thing, guesting and all that, I will use Descript to pull little nuggets and snippets from what I said and turn that into social media posts. Um, It's fantastic. And it's not just like turning it into a waveform. You can turn it into a bunch of different types of video content.
0: So. Wonderful. Thank you for those recommendations. Mm-hmm. Now, Lindsay, tell listeners, where can they find you if they want to reach out to you for marketing support?
1: I would say the best place to reach me is probably on LinkedIn. Um, I, that is my number one platform. So everyone's, I think everyone should have their number one. LinkedIn is my number one. That's where you and I are connected. Um, I am a huge fan. It's my fan number of, one, I, too. I don't know what
0: I'm doing anywhere else. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I think that in a way, that's kind of fine. Like whenever people are like, oh, I'm only on Facebook. And I'm like, stop saying only. That's fine. Be on Facebook. Go go all in, girl. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn is a place where you can find me. I'm like, again, I'm doing all the things. I work with Google on some things. I work with the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program on some things. I'm, I am the uh, perennial, has too many jobs, but loves every single one of them. Um, and then also you can learn more about 30 Day Funnels, which is absolutely a strategy company, not a we're going to get results for you in 30 days company. we will help you figure out your strategy and get it launched in 30 days company.
0: <laughs> well, Lindsay, thanks so much for stopping by the WTA podcast. And to my listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like it, leave a rating, a review, download it, or share it. Join me next Friday for a new episode on the Alive Podcast Network and subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming platform like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and more to get notified when new episodes drop. To be a guest or sponsor the podcast, send an email to wherethefunding at gmail.com. Follow the podcast on Instagram at funding underscore podcast and follow me, your host, Michelle J. McKenzie on LinkedIn, my favorite platform. Join me next week for another episode. Lindsay, thanks again. Thank you.